Rocky Horror Minute is rated R. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is also rated R. We're going to spend this time discussing the movie in gory detail, and along the road we'll talk about some adult content and use some of our favorite swear words. Shih Tzu, Fox Sound, Affin Pincher, Skipper Keys, Benoni. Consider yourself warned. Welcome to Rocky Horror Minute, the podcast where we discuss the Rocky Horror Picture Show in excruciating detail one minute at a time, even if it kills us. I'm one of your hosts, Kelly. And I'm your other host, Leandra. And we're joined today by a very special guest. We have Brian Lockhart of Marine Corps Movie Minute. Thanks for having me. Brian, we're so thrilled to have you. Um, This is definitely the first time that we've recorded this minute with you. And we definitely haven't been putting this off for over six months. Eight right. Months. It's been eight months. Jeez. Cheese and rice. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm doing the time warp. Brian, we like to ask all of our first time guests when they come on the show, what is your personal experience with Rocky Horror? Um, I saw this in high school, probably junior, senior year. If I had to guess, uh, I had a couple friends that routinely went and said, "Hey, you would uh, you would like this? It's a lot of fun." So um, they uh, this couple girls dragged me and my group of friends to um, the midnight showing of Rocky Horror and had a blast. It was so much fun. Uh, so we we kept going back. We went back several times. Uh, you know, I remember trying to watch the movie at Halloween when it would come on and without the shadow cast. And at the time, I was totally unimpressed with the movie without seeing it live with a shadow cast. I, <laughs> I, I love the soundtrack, though. I went out and I, I bought the tape. You know, I had a little cassette tape. And I, rem- I remember um, being in school sometimes and I would have the, you know, the tape playing, you know, in, in between classes or, you know, when you had a moment, I, you know, put my headphones in and listen. And, you know, it's, it's hard not to you know, start singing some of these songs. And, you know, you also don't want to sing, you know, this is like, the mid early nineties, you don't want to be singing sweet transvestite you know, around school. You know, it, it's, it's uh, something kind of, you know, you, you had to keep to yourself, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I mean, it was just, it was, a, it was a fun experience. And, and now I, I've grown to appreciate the movie more without the shadow cast now <laughs> as I've watched it. And I still, I still listen to the, the soundtrack. It's, it's one of my favorite. There's, there's not too many songs on the, on the soundtrack that I would skip. Yeah, uh, a buddy of mine, he was, you know, one of, one of my real good friends in high school and middle school. He was one of the guys who would go to Rocky Horror with us. And, you know, he just, he, he got married and was, you know, they were talking about Rocky Horror one day. And, and it turns out that she was Janet. And, um, it to, you know, at the time that we went, and which, which I, you know, I mentioned I was going on the show. And he, of course, he retold me the story and he said, really, what really, you know, made him want to marry her was he was really impressed how he, she beat the other girls to the bride's bouquet, you know, the skillful <laughs> way, you know, so. I I tried to create a new callback at that moment and it's beat the other girls to the bride's bukkake, but it just didn't, it didn't land. People were like, that's not funny. <laughs> like, well, you don't understand art. Try, try again, you know, just keep at it. Somebody, yeah. it, it, it. It's You're just ahead of your time as well. It's true. I've, I've heard that from you. 
just now. <laughs> Not many other people. So I guess let's jump on in and I can give a quick little synopsis of this minute. This is really the beginning of Hot Patootie. And the first lines of this are Frank going, ah, ooh, and then Columbia excitedly wails Eddie. And then the Transylvanians, who are all excellent actors, as I've already established, they just look shocked. And they freeze in place, which is a normal reaction. And then Eddie bursts through this wall of ice. And he's on a motorcycle. And he stops the motorcycle, puts the kickstand out, spins off of it, and then begins to sing. And while he sings, he wanders around to a couple of people. He looks over at Rocky and gets like right up in his face and is very cocky with him. And then starts dancing along with Columbia. And then he finishes his song and he goes into the next minute. Or rather, he finishes the first part of the song and that segues into the next minute. Let's be real. Please, please. So the lyrics for this... So the lyrics for this are, Whatever happened to Saturday night? When you dressed up sharp and you felt all right. It don't seem the same since cosmic light. Came into my life, I thought it was divine. I used to go for a ride with a chick who'd go and listen to the music on the radio. A saxophone was blowing on a rock and roll show. We climbed in the backseat, really had a good time. Hot patootie, bless my soul. I really love that rock and roll. Hot patootie, bless my soul. I really love that rock and roll. I can hear the passion Let us pray. about how much you really <laughs> love that rock and roll. Uh, amen. <laughs> um, what do we think Not about this minute, guys? Well, the minute itself is, is fun, but the song is even better. Yeah. Now, I... Uh, sorry, Lynn. Tell me more. No, tell me more. No, tell, tell me, me more. more. <laughs> well, I was going to say... Another uh, great song from a musical. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, another one that also made its way into my, uh, into my tape deck. Um, uh, I actually took note, and I saw somewhere a reference that it said, I used to thump around with a chick who'd go. And I, and it's funny because when I listen, I'm like, do I hear that? Or is that like, cause I definitely, I definitely used to say when I would sing this to myself, um, I would never say dress up sharp and felt all right. I was always, I always thought it said when you're at the job and you felt all right. And that makes no sense, <laughs> but yet, but yet that's what I hear. And that's what I sing. And I'm correct. I mean, fair. I, I initially went, okay, well, the uh, the line is, I used to go for a ride with a chick who'd go, and then I looked at some lyrics online, and it said, I used to thump around with a chick who'd go, and I'm like, that doesn't sound right, but I'm wrong fairly frequently. And then today, I re-listened to that bit, just on loop, like a crazy person, and it is almost certainly, I used to go for a ride with a chick who'd go. And... Okay. I, I think that makes more sense than thumping around, but I'm willing to be wrong. I'm not... So, that lyric in particular, like, 
was never a favorite of mine. Chick who'd go is like not a phrase anyone uses. What are you talking about? I call you a chick who'd go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. That That's my feeling. I actually have really come around on this song over time. I like the imagery of like um, him thinking he was divine and everything, but that particular line gives me trouble. Now, when you say thought it was divine, do you think divine the drag queen? Because <laughs> yeah. that's what I that's what I would love, but I don't think that's the case. Honestly, why did Divine never play Frank? She would have been great. Oh my god, absolutely. But right, so that that's sort of I had another kind of misheard line too, or at least so at the beginning of this minute, the ah, ooh, and then Columbia screams Eddie. My subtitles on my DVD said, ah, who? And uh. that, like that's what Frank was saying. And I the subtitles have been wrong and slash weird before. And I would like to, I would like to think they're wrong right now because like, who would Frank think was coming out of the freezer? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't imagine who else he could possibly think it was, but that was that was a comment I wanted to make that that is possibly a line I've misheard for my entire time, but it really, it really just sounds like, ooh. Uh, I'm a third for ooh instead of who. All right, that settles it. <laughs> no, I'm certainly not. I, again, I'm a chick who'd go, not a virgin. <laughs> but, but where do you go? <laughs> well, she goes to church, obviously. Yeah. So that yeah, that was that was my main comment on the lyrics for this episode. But I have I'll have more to say in future minutes about this song. I'm sure. So I have a couple of details that I want to kind of talk about, and I definitely want to dig into Eddie's costume because oh, there is so much going on with it, and not all of it's great. You watch your mouth. So, I mean, I, I'm i not saying that that he doesn't rock it. He does. Meatloaf looks amazing in that. I, I will say, however, that when I wear that vest, I, I look very, very much like a lesbian. And that is probably <laughs> one of the reasons that I like wearing it. But, but Meatloaf, I don't think, wanted to look like a lesbian. Um, I will say, you look incredibly gay whenever you're dressed as Meatloaf. And it... Um, I needed a moment the first time I saw you dressed as Meatloaf. <laughs> Aww. That's sweet, I think. Yeah. No, it is, yeah. I uh, I love butch girls, so I was like, oh my god. <laughs> was it the wig? It was the wig, it was the fact that you were dressed like a biker, it was all of it. Um, so, a note about the wig that I use. My mom is, is very supportive of Rocky, as is my dad, as of a as I've established in the past. And occasionally my mom would go places 
and come back with things that she thought would be useful to me. And often it would be, I went to the thrift store and found you this wig. And <laughs> this was a wig that she found at a thrift store. And I can't imagine anybody wearing it for real. But I think it looks great for Eddie. <laughs> have you um, have you watched I Think You Should Leave? The sketch show? Oh, you should watch it. It's really funny. It's really popular right now. Um, you probably keep seeing references to it. But yeah, there's a there's a sketch where a guy is trying to unload a bunch of props from a mob movie that he tried to make. And he, like, for a baby shower, he makes a bunch of his friends buy these things for the gift bags. And one of the items is a bunch of black slicked back hair wigs. <laughs> oh my god, that's <laughs> I awesome. I wonder if it was in the gift bag from that baby shower, but yeah. Alright, but I digress. Let's talk less about how gay I look as, uh, as Eddie. That could be its own podcast. <laughs> I think that it's called The L Word. <laughs> yeah. Leandra. Yes. It's the L word. Oh, yeah. Um, but oh, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. I know, I'm funny. Because it starts with L. You're hilarious. I know. But, right. Okay. I Another note, this isn't necessarily a costume note, but I love, I love that Meatloaf slash Eddie has a black eye, insinuating that he kind of put up a fight before he was frozen and lobotomized. Yeah, he definitely yeah. went down swinging. Yeah, he's a tough guy. He's a greaser. Yeah. 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 A greaser from the freezer. Like a bat out of hell. <laughs> Which is something that will be possibly funnier in a couple of minutes. Maybe not, but it's something that I'll say again. So be prepared to laugh, because I'll know if you didn't. <laughs> you know, you know, jokes work best when you tell people you're about to make a joke and that they have to laugh. Right? <laughs> And then you explain the joke. That's the best part. See, because Meatloaf sang that song. I'm not going to lie. I have a really bad sense of humor. And there's a part of me that does think that bad humor is hilarious. So, I don't know. It's kind of gone full circle for me. However, let me go through some details. First off, even before Eddie breaks through to the lab, we're looking at inside of the freezer and the freezer door is upholstered in cheetah print and i think that that is absolutely bizarre and amazing it even matches the cheetah print on eddie's jacket so kind of segueing from there into eddie's costume list he he comes right on in he's wearing this chrome kind of military style helmet with a black chin strap and he's wearing a wig. I'm sure that Kelly has opinions about that wig later. He's got some black sunglasses, that sleeveless black leather jacket. It is gorgeous. It has the, uh, the cheetah print lining on the lapels. And on the back, it says baby. And there's flames on it. It's just gorgeous. He Around his neck he's wearing a metal slingshot. It's a Milbro. And you can still get these. They are very painful to get smacked in the face with. So <laughs> if, you, uh, if you are cosplaying 
as this and you decide that you want to do the dance, maybe consider not going with a metal version. It is, it, it can cause blood. It's not great. If you're worried about safety, though, you could use a cheese grater instead because it looks just like one. Oh, my God, you're right. Like a cheese slicer, not a great I hadn't like considered that. Yeah. yeah. I knew what you meant. Yeah. Yeah, the type where you get the nice little, like, I guess, ribbons of, like, Parmesan cheese. It's very lovely. So, ooh, now I want cheese. No, Lander, <laughs> focus. Eddie, he's also, he also has a long, thin, white-fringed scarf, and it looks like there might be a little bit of blood on it. He, uh, he has under his jacket a black t-shirt that says Eddie on it. It's written in cursive and in this dark green glitter paint, which is just very the uh, theater kid to me. And he's wearing ratty kind of medium dark wash Levi's jeans. And for footwear, he's got these very pretty kind of cowboy boots that have some ornate detail work. Uh, the only other thing that I wanted to throw out there is Meatloaf, as Eddie, is wearing red suspenders and a gold belt. And for those of you who don't know, you don't need both. You, you can really just get away with wearing either one or the other. And in fact, wearing both is silly. So this is... I would argue, say arguably is a Suze to Blaine sort of issue. Meatloaf loved that outfit, and he got to keep it. It even made an appearance behind him in an SNL skit that he did several years later with Tim Curry. Yeah, it, it's pretty awesome. Uh, but, you know, that jacket is great. And honestly, I could see... I wouldn't have been surprised if you told me that... Meatloaf just showed up on set and they were like, you're perfect. Like they didn't, they just were like, oh, because that seems like, I mean, I know he kind of gets into the whole like puffy pirate, you know, Seinfeld puffy pirate shirt, you know, that he <laughs> would wear in some of his videos and, and, and stuff like that. But this like Eddie is basically Meatloaf, which I think is interesting because he wasn't the, uh, he wasn't the original Eddie. It was originally sang and performed by this, guy named Patty O'Hagan and didn't look like me a whole lot even. So it's just, it's very interesting that we now see this and go, of course, Meatloaf had to be Eddie. There was no other option. That was obviously the choice. <laughs> he, he, I mean, he does a good job of just making the character his own, I think. I mean, even the song, I, I would have... I, again, would not have been surprised if he was the one that brought this song. Like, this was an original song he made. And we're like, hey, Meatloaf made a song for the movie. I, I don't think that's the case. I think Richard O'Brien came up with, you know, this. Um, but I would not have been surprised. Because I did, I did find a little note that I thought was interesting about Richard O'Brien saying, hey, this song's so fast, nobody can say all the lyrics. So don't worry about it. Meatloaf said, you know, was like, I can do it. And Richard O'Brien said, look, I wrote this, I wrote it, and I can't even sing all the words. So don't worry about it, but the meatloaf can. You know, he's that good. So. Yeah, it's honestly insane that this song wasn't written by or at least for meatloaf. Because it definitely wasn't, but it sounds so much like it was like a song by him. 
it definitely has some Jim Steinman kind of character notes on it. So I can see that. I I think that if Steinman had done it, it would have not had as much saxophone and would have had substantially more like very intense piano. But otherwise, yeah, I can definitely see where, where you guys are coming from with that. Well, everybody loves gratuitous sax. <laughs> I, I think I we love get that. I think we get some in la- in a later minute, actually. So you know, one of the things that I love about uh, how the sax appears in this minute is Eddie has it around on him through the entire first part of this song, and while he's dancing, and he has to kind of re uh, reposition himself and kind of move the, the the saxophone out of his way a couple of times particularly right before he starts dancing with Columbia. And those are some very hard movements to replicate. It's practically his dance partner. Yeah. And as somebody who has tried dancing with even a fake kid's saxophone strapped to me in some capacity, I can tell you it sucks. I'm already not coordinated, but then I try keeping something that just keeps smacking me in my back. It's not fun. <laughs> so more power to meet. Yeah, he makes it look easy. Yeah. He's, he's good at his craft. He's wearing a wig, though. I I thought that he was when I first kind of sat and thought about it. Then I was like, no, that's ridiculous. Why would Meatloaf be wearing a wig? There's no reason for that. And sure enough, he's... that. At this moment in time, Meatloaf had incredibly long hair, and for whatever reason, they they decided to go with the kind of standard greaser look over over his long hair. So I don't know. He, 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 I I think that I would have been fine with either. Yeah, I think I mean he would have been fine with you know like I said, just walking in as Meatloaf. Maybe they they wanted to change it up a little bit, but I, I feel like. You know he's on ice, obviously, but but it's not like he was like frozen in time. But he it seems like he's he's right out of the fifties. And you know when is this? I mean, I think I you know I've been listening to your show right along, and I think you guys mentioned this is supposed to take place in the seventies. But I always I always assumed this was right in the fifties. Like this was a fifties horror movie. Uh, you know, just kind of like the stuff my like my dad would go see on a Saturday. Um, you know, in the in the theater. You know, that was what it was playing on. Uh, and that's just... definitely what it's supposed to kind of evoke. Uh, one of the regrets that uh, that people have uh, have said in interviews is the fact that there are a couple of identifiers that set this in a specific time. I mean, honestly, if it wasn't for your podcast, I would have never like because what didn't they make reference to like Nixon on the radio or something like that? Um, never, never paid attention to that. Just flew right over my head so thanks for ruining the movie for me because now i know it's in the 70s and not the 50s so thanks i now i hate this movie thanks a lot no worries do you want me to ruin another movie for you please do (laughs) citizen kane rosebed's a sled what yeah yeah also the titanic sinks it's true it's very sad i gotta reevaluate my whole life now so a couple other things that I did want to throw out there, not about Eddie, 
but about the Transylvanians. Right as Eddie goes bursting through the ice, Fran Fullenweider just gets the fuck out of there, but keeps looking back. It's very, it's very much a, oh no, I have to hustle, but I need to make sure that the camera has my good side. It is so fun to watch. <laughs> and then the, uh, the fact that the Transylvanians are just standing there completely frozen, I think is one of the silliest things that they could have been doing at that <laughs> yeah. moment. Like, and they really are. And they're frozen in insane positions. Like, they clearly said, strike a pose and hold it forever. So I, I think that that's one of those things that probably was a, a holdover from the stage show because that is a, a thing that kind of makes sense for a live production. But I don't know that it translated super well to film. It's a little weird. It's a little weird. But yeah. but the Transylvanians are weird. You know, like they're they're supposed to be oddballs. So I, I really I really thought it fit for them, even though it's it is weird. And I mean Eddie I mean I guess, I don't know if we can get into later, but like Eddie's kind of been around, right? Like so they should know who Eddie is. I would think they would know who Eddie is. So it's like why would they be so either frightened or shocked that they literally cannot move? It's like do not make it's like they're trying to avoid a t-rex like like meatloaf sees the transylvanians only through movement you know and they just want to like avoid them and i think that they definitely would know who he is he is the he's a delivery boy he uh, and we've discovered that by delivery boy we mean that he was a drug dealer and he uh, and he was delivering probably heroin that is kind of the implication by a couple of things in the, the in the background of this. Like, you you see a a picture of Eddie with a needle in his arm. You see that Frankenfurter has uh, has band-aids over uh, over the inside of his arm, like he's covering up an injection, and they refer to him as the Candyman. So that's something that I think is interesting. The fact that uh, the Transylvanians probably have at least an inkling of who this guy is that just burst through the door. Yes. Oh, one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I didn't have anything in particular to add to that, but it was going on too long. <laughs> okay. Well, moving on. No, this is it was a great stuff. analysis. Leandra, keep this in. An... No, I just didn't have anything interesting to say. Um. <laughs> This is a, a fun moment for Columbia, too, this minute, because you see her behaving with Eddie in just a, a truly unhinged way. Now, first off, she, she comes right when he says, chick who'd go, and she goes right, all the, uh, right over there, and Eddie picks her up and puts her on the motorcycle, and then... Eddie offers his hand and I don't know that this is something that I would do but Columbia tries to suck his fingers off yeah like, I have in knuckle. my notes Columbia licks everything it's true I don't know what it is with her well if it's not yours don't touch it but if you're not sure if it's yours 
then lick it, and then it'll be yours. She licks Frank's leg, even though the line was bite, and then now here we are. Yeah, it's it's fun being Columbia. (laughs) Yeah. So, I I had to look this up. Do you guys know what a patootie is? It's like a butt, right? No. Yeah, like, like a patootie. Yeah, it's a butt. I always assumed it was butt. Um, so. But it's not. It might. Yeah. So, it it might be something that you can use as a as a synonym for butt, but. It is a a slang term for your sweetheart, and in the 1930s, it became popular to call kind of your your very sexy sweetheart a hot patootie. So it's again kind of a throwback to a a time before this. Yeah, I uh, I, I always kind of I, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. It's your shot. I was gonna say I just I no no I was just gonna say I looked it up and we are both right, but Leandra's more right um, because first of all that's clearly what it means in this context, but it's also the number one definition is is the girlfriend or attractive young woman de- definition, but number two a person or animal's buttocks. Correct. I, I looked up the I looked up the same thing. Like my my original assumption was patootie was a butt. You know, because uh, my mom used to say like, "Ah, the guy's a horse's patoot." You know, which it meant to be like he's a he's an ass. Um, you know, a horse's ass. But you know, so I guess it's you know animal buttocks. But I that, that's always kind of how I I reference it. So for me, I always thought that this was meatloaf singing about a hot butt. You know, and not about a about a cute girl. You know, which you know for me is right up my alley because you know I per- personally I think I'm 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 an ass man. You know, some people are leg man. You know, some people are you know breast man. Some people like feet. Some podcasters like feet. And then, uh, but I know I'm an ass man because everywhere I go, people go, "Hey, you're an ass man." <laughs> I think they say asshole. Well, that too. It's both. <laughs> they, yeah, that usually follows. Um, um, but yet. Um, I've, I frequently as a child heard things like, you can bet your patootie. Right. Which definitely means, but yeah, I mean that to me that in that, yeah. And, and I mean, Rosie O'Donnell used to be like, ah, oh, cutie patootie, you know, which I mean, I guess, it, you know, like it's kind of that baby talk. So again, you could be referring to like a, you know, little baby's cute little butt, you know? Um, now I looked up urban dictionary and they said, you know, I found the you know the real definition which you guys both already referenced, but according to Urban Dictionary, it's it's a nice word usually to substitute a butt or an ass. Now the second uh, definition I found is a hopatuti is one who blesses the soul. Oh, that's fun. It's true. I love when Urban Dictionary does cute things like that, <laughs> and not some of the more disgusting things that they sometimes do. <laughs> yeah, it's providing a valuable service though. It is. Yeah, there's occasionally times that I'll go, oh, let me look that up. Uh, oh, God, Urban Dictionary has an opinion on this. I don't think I'm ready. <laughs> I I had a few notes based on the Richard O'Brien and Patricia Quinn commentary that I almost called the director's commentary again. So, and they were mostly about Meatloaf and his body double. <laughs> And I thought these were really, 
funny. So, first of all, Landra alluded to the fact that I would have a comment on Meatloaf's wig. Richard O'Brien said, I don't know why they put the wig on Meatloaf. I would have thought his normal hair was fine. And then Richard O'Brien and Patricia Quinn talked for a while about his long and silky, lovely hair. So, I would have liked to see it. But, I guess not. Like, why, Sue Blaine? <laughs> I don't know that that would be a Sue Blaine problem. I don't oh, know. no. You don't think she would have done wigs? I just no. don't understand why. It clearly wasn't Richard O'Brien, because he d- was against it. Uh, like, I just don't understand why that character would need to wear a wig. It's not like we had an idea of what Eddie looked like. But anyway. Um, there was that. And then there was... Richard O'Brien mentioned, he said, of course, the double for Eddie was nowhere near, and then he said he was he was smaller than me. They patted him up. So he was saying, Richard O'Brien was saying that the double for Meatloaf was smaller than Richard O'Brien at the time, which we posted pictures from around that era. He was, like, skeletal. <laughs> so that's crazy amounts of padding. Uh, and then they were talking about the the bike coming off the rim thing. Have we addressed that yet? We have not addressed that yet. I don't think we've addressed that yet on this podcast. So, Leandra, you probably have the details better than I do. Um. So, Eddie... Not Eddie. Meatloaf said in an interview, and this is like a 45-minute interview that you can even find on YouTube. It's actually very interesting. One of the things that he brought up was the fact that he saved his stunt double's life. And it was because later on in the song, the motorcycle goes on a fantastic trip all around the lab. And there's no, there's no safety rail when you go up the ramp. And unfortunately, the motorcycle didn't quite stick the landing and ended up going right off the rim and falling. The The stunt double was trapped under it, and Meatloaf, in kind of a, a quick-thinking rush of adrenaline, ran over and just lifted the motorcycle up. So it's something that he he doesn't know how he got the strength to do that, but he's happy he did. (laughs) Yeah, so I was going to say on the commentary, Patricia Quinn, like, that came up, and Patricia Quinn went, oh, he's fine. And Richard (laughs) O'Brien went, he wasn't fine, he's never been heard of since. (laughs) (laughs) That that was so fucking funny to me. First of all, that Patricia Quinn was like, oh, he was fine, what a drama queen. (laughs) And then Richard He's like, it. oh no, he died. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he died, but it was just really funny. I, I think his le- his bone was sticking out of his leg, though. You know, like he was yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it was quite yeah. a bad accident. I certainly yeah. wouldn't call him fine, and apparently it ended his career. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've oh. noticed a, a thread throughout this director's commentary that she wasn't particular, she's not particularly, um, like, sympathetic to people's problems on set. Like, 
she hates any time Susan Sarandon has ever mentioned having the flu that time, and she any time anybody mentions being in pain in any way, she's not wanting to hear it, apparently. Yeah, she's very much me. I, <laughs> yeah. I will You're show up places. Mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to me, yeah. Yeah. So I'll show up places with, like, my knee in a cast, or my leg in a cast, and I have walking pneumonia, and I, I've i stabbed myself in the eye, and I'm just like, it's fine, I'm just gonna push through. And then somebody will go, oh, I have a hangnail, can I leave? And I'm like, fuck you! <laughs> so, don't be me. That's awful. So those were my those were my commentary notes this time, but I thought I, they really had a lot to say this minute. Oh, have I mentioned Brad and Janet in this minute at all? No. I don't think so. I don't no. think so. So Brad does this hilarious thing right at the beginning. Columbia screams Eddie, and Brad starts walking off to go check out what's going on and Janet just holds on to his arm and is like, bitch, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> so that's always fun. When I play Brad, I, I really hope that my Janet remembers to hold my sleeve before I get too far out. It's yeah. one of those, like, oh, nobody's going to see this but me, but I hope you get it right anyway. But those are for sure all of my notes. So... Anything else before we jump into callbacks? I got nothing else. I uh, I had the the cask of Amontillado'd Eddie. <laughs> they sure did. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because they truly did, and I like imagining. I do. You, do we think he was unconscious while that was happening? Semi-conscious. I I would like to think that he was unconscious when he yeah. got part of his brain removed well but yes I but i meant i meant like when they walled him up but oh probably yeah although i mean i don't know if you've ever seen hannibal the sequel to silence of the lambs but you do not have to be unconscious well i mean i don't know how accurate that movie was but if it has any scientific accuracy you do not have to be unconscious to have part of your brain removed <laughs> And in fact, you can have it sautéed in front of you and taste little bits of it. I mean, I, I mean, if if Grey's Anatomy told me the truth, that you know, Doctor, you know, McDreamy used to operate on you know uh, brains all the time with the with the patients awake, so <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, there's no nerve endings in the brain. Yeah, I don't think that's what I was going to say. Yeah. There's not much in the way of. Alchi receptacles yeah, up there. I, I think evolution decided that if they made it to the brain, there's no point in warning you anymore. <laughs> and some people don't have much up there, period. You know, never mind receptacles. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, you would know about that. <laughs> Aww. Wait, what? <laughs> no. no. Um, but yeah, those are those are my main notes about the minute, but I, I did want, since you're our Marine Corps correspondent, I did want to ask you about the two Marine Corps related callbacks that I know. No, shoot, because I, I think I know one of them. I will not attempt it. I will I will listen, but okay. I, I'm curious about the second one. Okay, neither of them are in this minute, so these are bonuses. One of them we've already even said, but the, the first is when you first see Frank in his lab coat, it's 
Who's that man all dressed in green? That's, That's not, a not a man, it's a game. That's Gimmerine. Sound off. Uh, and then I know Semper Fi, Suck 'em Dry. Is there anything after that, Leandra? No, thankfully. <laughs> I mean, I I actually really like doing that one. That's actually well, yeah. Sometimes yep. I hear Sound Off 1, 2, Semper Fi, Suck 'em Dry. Okay. That makes sense. So I just wanted to know how common that was at basic training. Was it like an everyday thing, or did you rotate it with other? Well, the you know, off? <laughs> chance. Yeah, well, the sucking off. But I was, I was talking about that chant in particular. Oh yeah, I mean that's well. First off, you know that's one of the first cadences you learn. You know, like you can't become a marine unless you know that. Secondly, you know when you know when you're in about the twelfth week of boot camp, you know you, you know, hey, you do what you got to do. You know, and uh, they, um, you know, they, you know, it's not, it's, you know, some people don't know much about this. So they send, you know, they send you to training for that. You know, it's, it's, you know, the Marine Corps want, you know, they have certain things they want you to do. And, you know, it's, they teach you how to do it all. It's all by the numbers in boot camp. So, yeah, you know, it's. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's not it, gay if it feels good. So. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. It's only and then... gay if you make eye contact. <laughs> You know, um, and that comes from Oscar. <laughs> Did Oscar actually say that? No, no. Okay, I was like, "Damn, Oscar." <laughs> um, but yeah, and then my the other one I know is uh, during dinner scene when Rocky is just um, tearing into his meat with his hands, and then it's Rocky eat like Marine, and then when Columbia makes him use a fork, and he just stabs the fork into it and picks up the whole hunk of meat with the fork and chews off of it you say rocky eat like marine officer <laughs> so. now, see, now, i didn't know that one that, that's a good one and yeah. it's also very accurate yeah yeah i mean the only way to make it even more accurate is if he was eating crayons you know <laughs> yeah i do love the marines eating crayons joke as a army brat growing up you know, what's funny about that whole thing is, like, when I was in, that wasn't really, a, 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 you know, an insult, and then it's just become a thing, and it's like, and, and I'm totally, You established I'm, that insult with your reputation. Exactly. And I'm totally, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm totally on board with it. I think it's one of the funniest things, and, uh, you know, it may be a little true, you know? Yeah. So, what about the callbacks in this minute, though? I only know one. All right, tell me more. It's when... Uh, when Eddie rolls up and he's like removing, he, he removes his glasses and you say glasses, check. He removes his helmet and you say helmet, check. And then you say attitude and he does that little spin and goes, woo! And you say double check. Oh, I've always heard that as orgasm. Woo. Oh. I always heard that, that as Ric Flair. That makes sense as well. <laughs> uh, I like that one. <laughs> yeah, Nature Boy himself. But that's that's the only one I know. What do you know, Leandra? I know nothing. So there are a couple of fun ones that I like. There's whatever happened to Saturday night, and you the callback to that is Sunday morning. Or some people. In the long ago, used to say, splish, splash, I was taking a bath long about a Saturday night. <laughs> so, so that one's fun for that me. I don't know. Yeah, you, you've you never know. heard that song? Oh my god. I'm so excited for you to now listen to that song. It's not 
it, it's I wouldn't say that it's fantastic, but I, I don't know how you got through life without hearing it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But the reason that that is ostensibly funny is the response to whatever happened to Saturday night is you were taking a bath. So it's one of those callbacks that refer uh, that refers to another callback, which people either love or hate. Yeah. And then uh, the line is, it don't seem the same since cosmic light, but for whatever reason, and if either of you or any of our listeners understand this reference, please, please illuminate this for me. People say, it don't seem the same since Cosmic Cow came into my life. I thought it was bovine, but it's <laughs> bovine. So I don't, it's one that I've heard and I've, it's, I don't know what familiar. a Cosmic Cow is. I it feel sounds, like, yeah. Com- yeah, it sounds like it's some, like a, um, like a, like an old cartoon or something. Yeah. Cosmic Cow. I just look it up and, uh, it's got, oh, what's, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, the guy who played Judge Smales on uh, on uh, Caddyshack. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a puppet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, now I know, and knowing is half the battle. Yeah, there are a couple of things in in Rocky Horror life or what have you that I can no longer discern are real or completely made up bullshit things that have been told to me in the past or things that I just had a fever dream and decreed were real. Like one of the things that, that I very distinctly sort of remember is there was some sort of interview with somebody about how the way that they broke the ice before meatloaf coming through was they broke the ice and then had the motorcycle come through with the body double and meatloaf just walked through i don't know if this is true but it seems like a weird thing for me to just make up (laughs) you know i've heard that but um i thought i watched an interview with meatloaf and he said no that's me coming through the ice and then because he was talking about how it was like made of like wax and and something else and it was and it was really slippery but um but but he was not obviously because we already talked about it when 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 he's driving or when eddie is driving around it's the stunt double but coming through it was meatloaf uh but i have heard that about him just walking through and i don't know where maybe i heard it from you it's possible i just it, this is very much one of those there's a pool on the second floor sort of things that I think that was just told to me when I was young and stupid and had just started doing Rocky. It's like the Riff Brad buttfuck scene. I'm not sure if you've ever heard people refer to this, but it's it, it's kind of like the the inside joke to try and convince the noobs that there was a Riff Brad scene where they had sex and it was just cut from the movie. So well, you always got you always got to give the the new guys you know a a hard time. It's it's like when you send like in the Marine Corps since I'm your correspondent, you send uh, the new the new guy for the Humvee keys or um, you know something like that. 
There's no humpikis. Yeah, you know, you, you send them, you send them on some menial tasks that, and then they, when they go, like, well, I'll, I'll mention it now. This happened to me one time. I was sent to my uh, staff sergeant to uh, look for a prick E6 because uh, one of the prick telephone. I was asking about a prick telephone. It was like a prick 111 something, you know, something like that. And they're like, yeah, what about a prick E6? Well, a staff sergeant is an E6, and I kept going up to the staff sergeant, and go, hey, staff sergeant, you know where a prick E6 is? And uh, yeah. It was, it was fun times were had after that. <laughs> Luckily, he was in on the joke and he just kept messing with me. So <laughs> that's like straight out of Mo saying, "I'm looking for Amanda hug and kiss." Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And I'm yeah. sorry, I, I, I'm obsessed with this cosmic cow now. I actually found something about it on IMDb. So it's totally from the TV show "Too Close from Comfort" with Ted Knight. It was a 1981 episode that aired where Henry, Henry loses his job when he writes a satire of Cosmic Cow and Nancy Reagan fixing the country's problems to combat the seller. Yeah, you know, whatever. So, I mean, clearly this was like a thing on that show, which I vaguely remember now that we're talking about it because I was a child when Too Close for Comfort was on. <laughs> and much like many of the callbacks that that are kind of oldies but goodies, sometimes... Sometimes people just say them because they sound right and they no longer understand what they mean. And I think that that's one of those, certainly for most people. Yeah, I don't know how many people I've... are running around talking about Ted Knight 1981 TV shows. Yeah. But it's that's kind of one of the fun things about callbacks, though. Like, obviously, if it's from 1981, it couldn't possibly be something that that they would have referenced at the first multiple years of showings of this and much like we have new callbacks anytime there's some sort of new current event there are so many that that have their time in the sun and then get retired and the the ones that stay that people don't understand are are always amusing to me the only other callback that I wanted to throw out there is for Hot Patootie, Bless My Soul, you can say, like, fuck my titties, smoke a bowl. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. That's a fine it's Saturday classic. night. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. a fun time, yeah. Now that we've beaten this minute to death, let us go ahead and wrap up the same way that we wrap up all of our minutes. Brian, do you know what we say at the end? I do. All right. So we're all going to try and say this at the same time with now. Now. You don't, you don't have, have to, go to go home, home but you can't, but you stay, can't here. stay here. So, so get, get the, the fuck, fuck out. out. That was nice. Double feature picture show.
下。